0: welcome to luna the podcast my name is carolina salazar also known as the carolina lifestyle on tiktok and instagram my goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality talk about all things holistic health and wellness and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self thank you so much for being here and i look forward to seeing you in the show Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Luna the Podcast. I am so happy you're here today and hope you're having a very beautiful day. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new around here, hello, welcome. On this podcast, we talk about all things holistic health and wellness, as well as spirituality and personal growth. And I'm very grateful for all of you tuning in to this solo cast. Today I am going to be more vulnerable than normal, and I'm choosing to share my mental health story with you guys on this episode in honor of mental health awareness month may mental health is something i'm very passionate about i think it's super important because everyone has mental health and mental health is one of the four parts of our holistic health which is physical mental emotional and spiritual as well as many other things but mental health has really come to the forefront since the pandemic and i think with time, therapy has become a lot more destigmatized. though I think there is still a huge stigma around mental health and being vulnerable and open about it with other people. So I never actually thought to share my mental health story, but I decided to do so on this episode. And I've tried to record this intro for a few times now, so hopefully this time is a charm. And so I'm going to be sharing my story, my experience, both with the things that have affected my mental health how therapy has affected me how i've grown through therapy some of the most important things that i've learned and then also going to leave you with some tips for mental health things that i've learned have helped me work through mental blocks mental obstacles and just mental health in general so i hope you love this episode if it helps you if it resonates with you let me know i love hearing from you all And if you feel inclined, I would love it if you could share it with a friend or if you could share it on your story or if you could even leave a little review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, any and all of those things, which really mean the world. Like seriously, guys, when I say this, I truly mean it. Hearing from you is one of the things that lights me up the most. I freaking love getting messages from you guys, especially when an episode truly resonates with you, moves you or teaches you something new. So don't feel shy. Let's chat. And as I said, that it was 222 two, two on the recording button, so we love to see it. Angel numbers everywhere. And with that being said, let's dive in. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Also, just a little trigger warning before we get started, I do talk about my experience with an eating disorder in this episode because it was a part of my mental health journey and what brought me into contact with my mental health. So I just wanted to put this out there. If you are sensitive about these topics, if it's something you get triggered by, feel free to skip this episode. But if you want to hear a little bit more about my journey, I will be mentioning that. So if you feel comfortable, keep listening and let's get on with the episode. So, I just want to open up by sharing something that I was reflecting on. And that is that for the longest time, I didn't really understand why people went to therapy, or I thought that going to therapy was something problematic, or that something really horrible must be going on for someone to be going to therapy. And my perspective has completely shifted like 180, 360, like completely changed on its feet and I think that therapy is something so amazing it'd be so incredible if everyone could have access to therapy because it really is just like an unfiltered space where you can show up as your authentic self you can share your truth you can really open up and feel heard and seen and I think that's something everyone seeks and everyone wants to feel so I'm a huge advocate for therapy it's helped me so so much And it's been a huge part of my own mental health and healing journey. So I know how hard it can be to access therapy. I know how expensive and out of reach it can feel for a lot of people. So at the end of this episode, I am going to be sharing tips for your mental health that do not require therapy, though I will say that if you can access therapy or if it is accessible to you, I highly recommend it. I think everyone would benefit from it and... Here's to breaking the stigma even further about talking about mental health, about doing things that are good for our mental health, and just taking care of our mind. So, with that being said, let me get started with sharing a little bit about my journey. I kind of want to just rewind and share like the progression that my journey has had. And I was just bulleting, like what are the things that I think have been a part of my mental health story? And Here are the, I think, six things that I was able to think about. And they are overthinking, mental overwhelm slash overloading my plate, worrying about judgment, perfectionism, body image, and relationships. So these are all things that I have worked through throughout my mental health journey and in therapy. And I'm going to kind of explain how they all tie together. But they've all been things that I've experienced. So if one of those six things is something that you've experienced before, Hopefully, this will hit closer home for you or it will, will resonate with you in some shape or form. So, rewinding, taking you back. So, the first time that I think I really came like face-to-face with my mental health was during college. But only really halfway through college was when I actually decided to do something about it. Though, throughout my whole college experience my mental health definitely got a little bit worse and it eventually got to a point where I sought out help and sought out healing, but it took me a while to get there. So when I first got to college, like my first few months in college, like from August to November, I was in the middle, like in the deep dark of my eating disorder. That was when I was restricting carbs. It was when I was deep into diet culture, going on the elliptical for an hour a day. It was just like obsessive cardio feeling so much guilt so much shame and just never felt like my body was good enough I had my eating disorder had started like a few months prior and it just had gotten to the point where I had lost a lot of weight already but it never felt like it was enough I never felt pretty enough I never felt like I looked good enough and I was really scared of gaining weight back so a lot of my mental space was devoted to food and to what I was going to eat next and to overthinking about what I was eating and also just like navigating college life, navigating college boys, just there was a lot that was going on and I think there is a lot of mental space that I devoted to those things. So I will do a full episode in the future sharing my food and body image story because it's a whole story in itself. But for context, that's what was going on when I arrived in college And so come Thanksgiving of my freshman year, fall, like early on in my college experience, I admitted that I needed help. I admitted that I was struggling, that I didn't recognize myself in the mirror anymore to my parents. And at that point, I ended up getting to work with a nutritionist. He helped me come up with a plan for gaining weight back. And that was kind of the focus on that moment in my life. I didn't really receive or seek out a lot of mental health support when it came to my eating disorder until later on and I truly feel like I only got to the later stages of healing my eating disorder once I received that mental health support later on so I do think that there is an element of eating disorders of journeys with food and your body that is very very mental and so what happened was I started gaining weight back I started just that process of recovery and I had to navigate a lot of uncomfortable feelings like my body changing and things like that but ultimately what I was navigating the most was my fear of judgment from other people and my fear of other people judging my body changing and my weight Changing. And, you know, I think in society, a lot of the times we see all these people like talking about other people's bodies and weight changes. And, you know, you see that celebrity X, Y, and Z that gained weight or lost weight or their post baby weight loss or whatever it is, just like we're always talking about these things. And so I think that really occupied a lot of space in my mind throughout my healing. And I still was in a kind of dark place in college where I was doing really well in school, but. I was still struggling mentally I think because I've always put so much pressure on myself and I've always held myself to very unrealistic standards and expectations and so I just never felt like I was good enough and I think because I was putting so much pressure on myself I was going 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 do 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 all the time very work hard play hard when I wasn't studying I was going out and going out very hard so I just never gave myself the space to really take care of my health to really slow down and process the ways that I felt I feel a lot I'm a cancer moon just like emotions ran high for me and I just didn't know that aspect of myself so the way I think I coped with my mental overwhelm and with this insane demand that I put on myself was by kind of partying and dissociating and just kind of numbing myself and being this like party girl persona when I went out and that kind of happened like throughout my sophomore year and into like the beginning of my junior year. And I also think I was struggling a lot with boys for like a large part of the beginning of college where I hadn't done a lot of inner work and I was letting a lot of boys just kind of like treat me pretty poorly and I wasn't standing up for myself and I didn't have standards. And that all really came to back to bite me because it really affected my confidence and I just really let all these external things get to me. In the spring of my freshman year, I came into contact with this one club that someone in my sorority was a part of and she was doing a training for that club for our entire sorority and this club was focused on active listening and mental health. So I loved the training that she did. It was really, really cool. So my sophomore year, I decided to join this club full time and I did a full training. It was like four hours or so where I really learned all about active listening and If you're listening and you don't know what active listening is, basically to be an active listener, it's basically to give someone you're talking to your full and divided attention. So what this means is if someone starts sharing something with you and let's say you grab your phone and you start checking your notifications and whatever, that person is going to feel like you do not care. And actually me saying this out loud, I'm giving myself a very important reminder. When we give people these cues when we're listening to them, like checking our phone, scrolling, scrolling, Are trying to change the subject or not acknowledging what they're saying. All these things signal to people that we don't care. And that leads people to be less likely to share and less likely to be vulnerable with us. So this training really taught me the power of being an active listener and giving other people my undivided attention when they are opening up with me. Especially when they're opening up with me about something that's emotional or close to their heart. Because doing those things can be very, very challenging and courageous. And so I started to make contact with mental health at that point. At that point, this was what I was really focusing on. But then again, like during my sophomore year and into junior year, I was still struggling with my own things, especially related to not really taking the time to acknowledge and own up to the ways that I felt about the people in my life, about the things that I was doing and just in general. Like I felt a lot of anxiety often and I was self-sabotaging a lot but I was just kind of in denial of it and I was pretending like everything was fine and there's a saying in my university called pen face which basically means that you might be struggling but you put a face on and you pretend that everything's fine and that was really something that I experienced and that I did and come junior year fall I was recruiting for jobs at that time I was recruiting for my internship between junior and senior year so it was a really stressful time and it was a very competitive time and everyone was going through it and it was really really challenging because During that time, like you have to kind of make a lot of decisions. You spend a lot of time juggling a lot of stuff because I was in school, I had homework, I had tests and then I also had to prepare for all these interviews and I was putting so much pressure on myself to get like the top internship and just I was focusing on so many things that were like external like what other people thought or what everyone else was doing and all these things. So I was just putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was very anxious. My romantic relationship at the time was also like not necessarily the healthiest and I wasn't showing up as my best self either in general in my life and so all these things kind of accumulated and like a snowball it got to a point where I was just crying out of nowhere like I was crying of stress I was crying of fear I was crying of anxiety and I was like okay there's something wrong and it's time that I need help and I just kind of admitted to myself like okay I woke up one day and I was like today I'm going to walk to the center of psychological services and I'm going to talk to a therapist and I'm going to do that for myself and now that I look back I was like wow that was a pivotal moment in my life the moment that I decided like okay I am opening myself up to receive support that was a game changing moment and that was when I first came into contact with working with a therapist so I was working with my school therapist just like a therapist that my college was able to pair me with And we only had around two to three sessions until the end of the semester. It was kind of close already to the end of the year. So I wasn't really able to get very deep with her. And I was still at a period in my story where I was in denial of what I was doing, how I was contributing to my health, my life, just habits that I was doing. I just was not self-aware at all. I was very much defensive and tiptoeing around the problems that were actually there and without going into too much detail christmas time comes i end up going abroad so i was the reason why i was it wasn't really able to get really deep with this therapist is because i was going abroad and it was really complicated to continue the process virtually at that time so i just decided to put a pause on it and revisit it when i returned so i get abroad the same things continue Heavy partying, numbing, just chaos because COVID hits and a lot of stuff was going on and I got back home and also throughout all of that, no one knew what was going on, right? I was in Milan when I was studying abroad and Milan was the first place to get hit by COVID actually, so in Europe. So I had to flee and that was really stressful because when I was going through all of this, no one else was that I knew who was abroad because everyone saw it as just Italy's problem at that point. Quickly, things escalated and it became everyone's problem. But for a couple of weeks, it was just my problem and my Italy abroad friend's problems. So it was just a very stressful time. No one really knew what was going on. I was super eluded. Like, I thought that I was just going to come back in a few weeks. I left all my stuff in Milan and just flew back home. That's oversimplifying the situation because it was more chaotic than that. But end up coming back home. My mental health is in shambles. I was just not doing my best. I ended up going through a breakup and everyone was trying to figure out what the heck COVID was. So I was just in shambles. So I reach out to my UPenn therapist and I say, hey, There's a lot going on. I could really use some support right now. Are you able to chat virtually? And she was like, yeah, actually. They were starting to open up to that. So I ended up working with her for around two more months. I think it was between like early April and end of May. So two years ago now. And during that month, I started making a lot of headway with realizing some of my own mental health struggles and this was the time when I made a lot of progress when it comes to healing from my eating disorder like working with this particular therapist that was the key to the up leveling that I experienced at that moment with her and I really became aware of the fact that i that my biggest worry that my biggest fear and the root cause of like a lot of these habits that i was engaging in at that time was fear of judgment i just worried about being judged by everyone and that was because i was judging myself so harshly i was my biggest critic my inner critic was so loud during this time and when it came down to food and to my body i again was worried about people judging me if i gained weight or if i lost weight or how i looked or I was judging the food that I was eating with labels like good and bad. And all these things were really affecting my mental health because my mind was so crowded with these black and white perceptions of everything that it was really hard for me to take a step back and just like let that problem go because the root cause was still there, which was that judgment. And so just becoming aware of that being something that was going on for me was a huge catalyst for change and during that time I also started getting into meditation I started slowing down I started doing a lot of journaling and all these things were huge catalysts of growth so it was almost like this huge up level all at once and that was when I had my first spiritual awakening as well which is a lot more detailed but it's very intrinsically tied to my mental health journey as well so all this stuff was happening the healing that I did really with this therapist was around food and my body. And I just became very aware of all this stuff. And after a few weeks of working with this therapist, I think I saw her once or twice a week for a couple of weeks, like around two months. She told me that it was time for us to end our sessions, that I should find someone more permanent to work with because my college center of psychological services it wasn't for like long-term therapy it was more on a short-term basis and i'm sure there was also a lot of people who needed support at that time so we kind of ended our our sessions there and i remember i was in a really long car ride after my last session and i wrote a huge just like journal entry on my google drive about my therapy takeaways so i'm actually going to pull that up to share some of the things that i wrote Like, wow, this is wild. Okay, so this was written on June 4th, 2020. So I wrote, judgment. That has been something I have been struggling with internally for quite some time. Fear of judgment. Unconscious internal self-judgment. Labels. I've been listening to this inflow of information from people around me. Comments around topics that I have slowly internalized and have started to use against myself. For as long as I can remember, I have been anticipating judgment, and internalizing judgment. I judge my actions because of labels I have in my head. I have learned from Glennon Doyle, who's an amazing author from the book Untamed, that labels such as right or wrong, good or bad, are simply norms that have been established by society. Women have been conditioned to think that there is a way they should act, a way they are supposed to be. But norms are not universal. I create my own norms. So that was one of the things that I wrote, and then towards the bottom I said, and now I now try to see the world in shades of grey, not in black and white. Nothing is as simple as black and white. And judgment is not free of context. I need to remember to bring myself back to the context of my decisions, to move away from any type of limiting label. I have started growing awareness. Awareness of my thoughts, of the way I speak to myself, and judge my behaviors. I have started to notice when I'm speaking to myself in a judgmental mean way. When I punish myself through my thoughts, when I find myself speaking to myself in this way, I stop. I acknowledged hey listen to yourself you are not your thoughts you are human you have made mistakes but you have learned from them and that's what matters you're growing and evolving you are beautiful and kind and honest i love myself i've begun to cultivate this sort of feeling so that's some of the things that i wrote i wrote a lot more than that it was like three pages single spaced on Google Docs but I think that's really a perfect excerpt of what was going on in my mind at that time so as you can see like I was starting to speak more kindly to myself and I was starting to make a lot of headway with regards to understanding how I was judging myself and that's been a theme that's evolved since that point in my journey so in the last two years of being aware of my self-judgment and then starting to work through those self-judgmental patterns and judgmental towards others as well but especially towards my past and towards my mistakes and just really learning to give myself grace and embrace my humanness so that was a pivotal moment and then after that I think it was at the end of June I found my current therapist who I've been working with for two years now she's amazing god bless her like I'm so grateful because we're very very similar and we just bond in a very special way and she's really helped me also embrace this like learner's mindset and this ability to look at my past with a lot of love and a lot of kindness towards myself and just a lot of grace yeah so as I started working with my basically long-term therapist who I've worked with for two years now I started diving even deeper into these topics of body image, of embracing the changes my body goes through. And I really also focus a lot on relationships and conscious relationships, both romantically, as well as with my parents, with my brother, with family, and also working through some of my perfectionistic tendencies. So that's something I haven't really touched on throughout this episode, but perfectionism has been something I've struggled with for a long time, just as I was saying kind of in different words putting a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect because I wanted to be accepted. Because at the root, I just wanted to be loved. But I felt like to be loved, I had to be this overachiever, overperformer. And in order to achieve this perfection, I also ended up overloading my plate. And I've done this many, many times. So also working through that and like working through this mental overwhelm and this stress that I just imposed on myself for such a long time. So throughout my journey and throughout the last two years and working with her, those are a lot of the things that I've worked through. So like making peace with my past, healing my relationship to my body even further, healing perfectionism, healing overthinking and healing how I show up in relationship, how I'm able to communicate boundaries, how I'm able to communicate what I need and really learning the right way to express myself because I always felt like I had a really hard time putting to words everything that I felt. And expressing how I feel and how I think in a very honest way. So, speaking my truth has been something I've learned a lot through therapy, and it's been a journey. Like, so much has been learned in the last two years. I keep therapy notebooks where I write down notes as I go through each session, and it's really cool to, that I have all of that recorded. I've moved through almost two full notebooks at this point, and I am just so grateful that I was able to have access to therapy. And again, there was a lot of other stuff that was happening in the background as well that helped me with my mental health and one of those things was also reading The Power of Now because what I realized is that feeling sad or depressed or guilty or feeling anxious, they are just tied to the concept of time, right? And they're tied to the past and the future. What I learned from The Power of Now, what I learned from Matt Cartoli is that when we think about our past and when we just relive it in our mind over and over and over, we are kind of letting ourselves fall into shame and guilt and Judgment, because we're overthinking how we acted, and maybe feeling bad about it, and resenting people, and all these uncomfortable feelings can come up. And also, when we think about our future, 24/7, and what's coming up, and what we don't know, and the unknown, and just all the things that are coming up, there's so much mental overwhelm and anxiety that can come through. So when I read the part of now for the first time, which was in April, so around this time that everything was happening in 2020 for me mentally and emotionally and spiritually and all this, I really started becoming very aware of the fact that if I focus on the present and if I focus on what i can do now and how i can become a better version of myself now based on these current circumstances based on what's going on in this present moment i can do something about it but overthinking about the past and over worrying about the future was detrimental to my mental health and that was something that i realized through reading that book so that was one of the other marking moments for me when it comes to my mental health journey so with that being said that just kind of encompasses my journey so far as I said, a lot has happened since that moment of starting to work with my therapist until now, but I've worked through a lot and what I'm currently working through the most when it comes to mental health is learning to just focus on being good enough. So I'm going to make a full episode about this for our next week's solo cast. Just talking about being nicer to ourselves and putting less unreasonable and overly demanding expectations on us. Just letting go of that and focusing on being worthy and being enough. So that's really what I'm focusing on now as well as just embracing patience and embracing being on the right time. Like that's something that's hugely impacted my mental health. And just another thing that I want to mention too about my story is that after becoming a content creator, I think my mental health has come even more to the forefront because it's very different consuming content as a content creator as opposed to just consuming content as someone who just consumes content and doesn't create content. So that's something that's been a huge part of my more recent mental health journey. As you guys know, I took a social media detox between December 2021 and January 2022, so four months ago, and that was a huge, huge, huge moment for me as well, tuning back to those original learnings from The Power of Now tuning into the present and it also really helps me work through feelings of comparison that I was struggling with as a content creator and comparing timelines as well like I was really finding myself comparing my growth and comparing how fast my life was moving and in what direction my life was moving to other people who I followed and who I love and care about and it was really just not good mentally for me so taking a step back was really crucial for me at that moment It was really, really helpful. So that's another way that my mental health has definitely been impacted. That's something else I'm really working through now is how do I establish really solid phone boundaries and really consume content mindfully. So yeah, that's my story, guys. I hope this has been like an understandable progression. Like I tried my best to share it as well as possible and as vulnerably as possible. There's a lot more to it. As I said, like it's So there's so much gray and so many ups and downs that happened throughout the whole journey. But that's kind of the story. And so now as we head to the second part of the episode, I'm just going to share some of the things that really helped me and that I would encourage you to try, even if you just pick one of them, which is the best way to incorporate new things in. You're just focusing on one thing at a time. So I'm just going to share a few things. And take what resonates with you, take what you feel is calling to you, and I just hope this is helpful for anyone who's going through it mentally, and just know that your mental health is always worth it, and you are always worth it, and yeah, so let's dive into some of my biggest tips. So the first thing, as I've already mentioned, and I've said it a few times already in this episode, therapy has been huge for me. I think just being able to work one-on-one with people, both therapists and just in other capacities, like healers, psychics, coaches, just just working one-on-one with someone is really powerful. Just like a coaching environment and a coaching space and a space where you can feel heard and seen and embraced and understood and all of that is very, very powerful and very, very touching and meaningful. So just... Realizing that I was worth it and feeling blessed enough to have access to it has been something that has helped me and something I am extremely, extremely thankful for. So if you are looking to access therapy or just find resources i know better help is a really good resource a lot of people talk about it and it could be just a really good introductory way to make contact with therapy for the first time i know there's a few other resources out there that you could check out so i will link some in the description that i can find after i record this to help you get started if you're looking for a therapist and then the second thing that i wrote down is screen time and phone boundaries so as i was just talking about we live in an information age we live in an age that is dominated by technology and we're always looking at screens and we're always consuming content and it can be very detrimental to our mental health and that's why I'm so passionate and careful about the content that I make and the space that I create in my platform in my community through my social media because my goal is to really make it a very inviting accessible inclusive and loving space but there's a lot out there that is not necessarily the most positive first of all so Be very mindful of who you follow and the content that you consume. There's nothing wrong with muting and unfollowing if it's not serving you. And if you feel when you see that content, it creates uncomfortable feelings inside of you. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is also a lot about phone boundaries, right? So because it's so easy to pick up our phones and check notifications whenever we want. It's become like automatic for us to do that as a way to cope with the minimum amount of stress or boredom. So I do that all the time. Like if I leave my phone next to me as I'm working, I find it really hard to get to a space of deep work because I keep pulling myself out of the present moment all the time. And this was something I actually reflected on this past week i really 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 want to return to a space of very good phone boundaries uh where i don't check my phone one hour at least before bed and don't check my phone in the morning for at least 30 minutes and then throughout the day i'm really going to try for this month for my own mental health and i would encourage you to try this as well how can you set phone boundaries so i'm going to try to leave my phone in a different room when i am working and batch checking notifications, which is going to be hard, and my intention is that when I feel the urge to check my phone, I'm just going to like take a deep breath, and focus on the present moment, maybe go hydrate, like stand up, but not pick up my phone, to really try to stay in that deep work as much as possible, so I can report back and see how that goes, but that's one of the intentions that I'm setting for this month, and going forward to hold myself accountable to the intention of improving my phone boundaries. Maybe this will resonate with you if you feel like you've been pulling yourself out of the moment or even just like picking up your phone, made a conversation with someone or just feeling more and more pulled to check notifications. Maybe this is your sign to try to create some more boundaries with that. My third tip, which is one of my favorites and is something that is really good for me, but I feel a lot of resistance towards because of my own blocks with it is journaling slash mind dumping in particular. So if you don't have access to a therapist. I think this is like going to be your best friend and like your best tool. And the way it basically works is you just literally grab an empty notebook, an empty page, and you just write everything, write everything you're thinking, everything you're feeling, anything that's going on in your mind. This can look like a jumble of words, a huge paragraph, a few lists, anything, but just write when you put stuff on paper, you're not necessarily materializing it, but it does enable you to get very clear and very aware of what's going on in your mind, and it can also really help you just release it. So I really have felt that the moment in my life and in this last two years when I was journaling consistently, mind dumping consistently especially, my mental health was one of the best it has ever been. And what usually happens is that if I'm not journaling, I end up venting a lot or just talking to Pedro a lot about what's going on or my parents. But I really find that it's a huge part of reparenting yourself and taking care of your own mental health to do that. So that's something I encourage you to try as well if you feel called to. I'm going to also try more this month and we'll see how that goes. The fourth tip that I have is slowing down in general. So I personally feel like my mental health is more deteriorated or more affected when I am very go, 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 and I don't give myself space to relax, rest, and slow down. So this for me can look like overloading my schedule with things to do. This can look like just burning out. It can look like setting unrealistic to-do lists and then not being able to cross off everything and then feeling really bad about it, or just always being outside of the house and not really doing the things that help me ground and slow down like meditation, like taking a bath, like reading a book, like laying down in the couch for a few minutes without checking my phone, like anything, any of those things or others that help me slow down, like making myself tea. Like there's all these things that I know help me slow down, but when I don't consciously make time for them, My mental health definitely deteriorates. So when I find that I spend a little bit more time inside or I have quieter weekends, like this weekend, for example, I barely went out. I went out to a friend's birthday yesterday and then the whole rest of the weekend, I've just been more inside. I got my groceries. I did some art. I hung out, recorded podcasts, and it's just been a slow weekend and I feel wonderful going into this week. So I think that's something else that is very important for mental health is just going a little bit slower and tuning into that feminine energy, right? That slower energy, more inward. The fifth thing that I would recommend to you is gratitude lists. So, I've mentioned this in a few episodes and I've said this quite a few times, but you can kind of group this with the mind dumping if you'd like. But I feel like a lot of the times when we're feeling very overwhelmed and we're feeling very stressed, we're focusing on everything that's going wrong. But when you flip your mindset and you like allow yourself to focus on everything that's going right. It actually helps you put things in perspective. and it actually helps you realize that you're actually doing pretty okay. and you have a lot of amazing things for you and a lot of abundance already available at your fingertips. So that's something that I think is really important and really, really helpful. And going along with that, it's also embracing your own timing and realizing that everyone around you and everyone in this universe is moving in a specific timeline for their particular levels of growth and lessons they're supposed to learn. So really, really, really try as much as you can to remember that when you find yourself comparing yourself to other people and trust your timing. Trust that the universe is conspiring for your favor and everything's happening to you for a reason. So focus on the lessons and focus on embracing the time that things take. Something I'm really telling myself, just there's a lot of time, life is long and everything's okay and you have time to do everything that you want. So stop putting... All these unreasonable expectations on yourself to accomplish everything right now and do everything right now because you have time to reach all your goals and to try all the things you want to try okay so that was number five and six gratitude and trusting your timing and then the seventh tip that i have is learn to navigate your inner critic learn to spot when that inner critic gets activated when the voice comes out and starts telling you you're not good enough you're not doing enough you're not pretty enough, that you look bloated, that whatever it is, that you're not being productive. Just notice the things that that voice tends to tell you. If you want to give that inner critic a name, but just become aware of that voice and spot it. And when that voice comes up, just tell it, no, not today. No, no, no. I'm doing my best. Inner critic, you can go. Thanks for looking out for me, but not today. Just gently close the door on her and choose to channel and be your higher self that loving version of yourself that is kind and graceful and understands that you're human so notice the inner critic and gently close the door on her and then the way i think that helped me the most to navigate my inner critic and i've mentioned this in a previous episode that i'm trying to focus on more is through affirmations Because we're only able to change the way we speak to ourselves and the ways that we think when we feed our brain with new ideas, new beliefs, and new kinds of vocabulary. So write affirmations in sticky notes and put them around your house. Or find ways that you can surround yourself with really positive words. Make it your background on your phone. Set alarms to say your affirmations. Whatever works for you. I kind of like grouping it with meditation in the morning or you can also write them down if you like to journal but reframing your mind reframing the beliefs you have about yourself and just switching them to positive ones hugely hugely impactful and amazing for your mental health so that is number seven and then number eight is also related to time is remember that the only thing you can truly control is how you show up and what you choose to do in this moment. The past is gone, my friend. As much as we like to relive it, and like Google Photos or our Apple iCloud likes to show us this moment a year ago, or like Snapchat memories. As much as we get fed all these like old pictures and old moments, and we like to reminisce, and it's fun to look back on old memories, it is truly gone. So focus on what it taught you. And if it was a sad or difficult experience or challenging, or if you feel like guilt starts to come up, choose to navigate guilt by forgiving yourself, forgiving your mistakes and choosing to focus on the lesson and focus on the present. And the same applies to when you're overthinking about the future, just bring yourself back to now and what's one thing you could do now to align yourself with that future you want for yourself and that's the best you can do. So, that kind of summarizes all my tips. I hope that they were helpful. I hope that You take one of them away. So, just to recap, so I said therapy, managing your phone or screen time, mind dumping, slowing down in general, embracing gratitude, trusting your timing, navigating your inner critic through affirmations and gracefulness, and then focusing on the present moment is number eight. So, that closes out this episode, this very vulnerable and very important episode. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit about my story. If it resonated with you, if it struck a chord with you, definitely let me know and reach out. And if you liked the tips, also choose to focus on one for now and slowly integrate the rest. And as always, let me know if you guys enjoyed. Reach out to me, let's chat. That's what I'm here for. I don't like this just being me talking to avoid. I love hearing from you guys and seeing you guys share the episodes as well. So with that being said, take care of your mind. Be kind to yourself. Remember, your mental health is always worth it. And working on your mental health is always worth it. And I'm cheering you on. I'm sending you lots of love, lots of good energy. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Step into the world of power, loyalty